podcast for the mental health advocates. Uh, I'm Lucy, and we also have Wesley here and Dr. Lewis. So, Dr. Lewis, you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, there's not tons to tell. So, I am a pediatrician at Stollery Children's Hospital. I did my medical school in Calgary, and before that, I was a nurse. Before that, I was in microbiology. Uh, somewhere along the way, I did a master's in medical education. And I've been the associate dean in the Learner Advocacy and Wellness Office for the last seven years. Nice. So can you tell us about your first expectation of med school when you first came here and what was the reality of it? Uh, like all med students, I was super excited to go to medical school. I still couldn't quite believe they accepted me and kept waiting for, me, for them to tell me that there had been a great mistake. <laughs> Uh, I think the most unexpected experience for me in medical school was how inclusive it was and how supportive it was. And I think having that background and experience around the culture that it created to bring the best uh, out of us uh, was really important. And I think I underestimated the friendships that I would make in medical school. And I can say 20 years later, uh, those individuals are some of my very best friends. So friendship is obviously very important to us. Uh, can you tell us about one person that have demonstrated exceptional kindness to you back in med school? Uh, in, our, in the medical school I went to, there was a woman who was in the admissions office and also this was before student affairs offices were ever around, acted like our mother. And there was always mm -hmm. candy in that office and she was always the person we went to when we were having a bad day or she was just always around. And I remember her with great fondness and I often wonder if that's why I ended up student affairs because of the influence that she had on our entire class and our entire medical school and just really created an amazing culture. Um, diving into more of the like mental health context of things, what would you say mental health means for you? Mental health to me means being able to enjoy all parts of your life and it's after you leave work having enough energy for your family, for your friends, and to enjoy all of those aspects. Because I think for me, some of my lowest points in medicine have been when I've given it all up at work. And I just haven't had any energy left over at the end of the day for myself or for my kids. And it just makes you feel bad about, just bad, it makes you feel bad about yourself in the other roles that are really important as well. Um, so we're here in the Learner Advocacy and Wellness Office. Um, would you like to tell us more about what you do here and how that sort of what made you interested in that position? So I've always been really interested in creating culture and, and being, I'm very proud to have been a resident of the University of Alberta and I wanted us to have this uniquely different culture where students felt supported and they could really thrive and that we could really bring out the best in them. But I certainly recognize uh, pressures of medical school. I mean, we know very well from looking at the studies that medical students come in just as healthy as their age match pairs, but then throughout medical school, they get progressively more unwell, and that progresses through at least the first couple of years of residency. So for me, it was trying to understand why was that? Like, why were we making medical students unwell, and what could we do to combat that? So that's kind of where I'm at now in the Learner Advocacy and Wellness Office because we talk a lot about diet and exercise and mindfulness, but I think it's more than that. And 
And I think we know what the statistics say, and it's trying to understand meaningful ways that we can actually... Yeah, totally. So then in your work and in the literature, what are some of the markers that you're looking for that like a research study is looking for to say like these students are unwell compared to their you know, age and peers? Uh, so we definitely know that the uh, incidence of anxiety is higher, the incidence of depression is higher, and we know that the suicide risk is much higher amongst medical students and medical people in general. So it's interesting because if you're in medicine, it's actually a protective factor about your longevity in life and that we are healthier than, than most other people except in the area of suicide. So it's, it's, it's a huge concern. Um, how common would you say in your experience mental health struggles or mental health struggles in students and even with some of your like peers and your coworkers and stuff like that? Uh, it's very common. So you can look at DSM criteria things in terms of if people actually meet the criteria for you know, generalized anxiety disorder, social, dis social anxiety, uh, eating disorders, uh, depressive disorders. But then there's just this concept of burnout, which isn't a DSM thing, and it's not depression, it's something different, mm -hmm. where we took these amazing individuals who came into medical school who were so optimistic, and then we made them cynical and negative and, you know, depersonalizing the things around them. So it's, it's all of those things that we're trying to combat. For sure. How do you recognize symptoms of mental health struggles in the people you see through law and also in your co-workers? So it's interesting to me, my perspective in law is I'm not so worried about the people who are coming here and aware that they're struggling. I'm really worried about the people who are not coming so here. Absolutely, and they're the ones that are at, at most risk. And I mean, I, I think to myself that medical students, for instance, are, are very smart people and they have access to highly lethal means. And I, and I worry that, you know, if they decided that they wanted to commit suicide, I would have, I, I couldn't I could stop them. So for me, it's figuring out ways that I can draw people into the law office, that I can provide them the supports and the resources that they need, but I'm still not entirely sure how to reach the people that I'm currently not. Yeah, that's something else that we kind of wanted to talk about too. From my experience, and certainly I've like sort of been led to believe this, that there's a large stigma around mental health, especially in medicine. Um, and so what are some of the ways that you recognize that and that you like try to dismantle that in your everyday life? Well, for sure. We, we uh, talk the talk, but we don't walk the walk and talk about stigma and mental health because I think people in medicine are some of the worst in terms of being honest about mental health because I think really the reality is uh, people in medicine who are struggling with mental health issues actually feel like that they are weaker and that uh, asking for help, you know, from my perspective is a sign of strength, but that's certainly not the perspective of many medical learners or, or medical folk, right? And so um, I think, you know, projects like this and having authentic voices in medicine speaking out about their struggles and peers talking to each other is actually some of the, the, the strongest initiatives that will actually combat that stigma. Because I think you're right, there are so many people who are suffering silently and are very worried about coming forward and worried about what people will think. Um, this might be like a minor question, but when we're talking about these kind of things, what is your like what are your feelings around the word or the term mental illness? Um, and do you think there's some like further delineation necessary for that term? 
It, it is a funny word, and it's interesting when I am, so I do a lot of the accommodations here, and it always seems like physical health issues are much easier to discuss and to figure out accommodations for, but when I'm talking about mental illness or mental health, it always seems to be a little bit more challenging and to make sure that all the people are on the same page and just see it as a spectrum of health and that it's not a separate category. It's, it's very interesting. Are there like strategies that you use to navigate around that? If you're like, say you're presenting a patient to a coworker for a referral and there's some mental health issues, do you like try to define what that means before you communicate about those, those things? Or? Well, I think the first level for me is, is, is talking about it to my, my, my learners and my patients, right? Like it's interesting to me, um, if I said, you know, Leslie, your asthma is really out of control and you need to increase your, your inhaled corticosteroids, you wouldn't blink. But if I said, Leslie, I'm really worried about your anxiety, it seems to, start, it seems to be starting to control you and it's making decisions for you. Either you're avoiding things or you're spending an inordinate amount of time and energy because, it, because of your anxiety that's robbing you of other good things in life. And I said, like, I'd like to try medication. That, that conversation is completely different. Yeah. Uh, and so then, you know, it's at that individual level and then trying to explain it to peers, like my own peers, about, you know, that there's a struggle. And so, for instance, if students are on medication for depression or anxiety and they have to do call, I never want to change those medications during clerkship or during residency. I want to work around that uh, because I worry that uh, if I change the medications, I'll actually destabilize their health. And it, it's, it's just, it just seems to be a more complicated discussion than I think it needs to be. And physical health stuff just seems to be uh, an easier conversation. Um, when you are dealing with students here in the law office or even your own patients, um, someone struggling with mental health issues, what's your like number one recommendation for them? Especially for especially for students who are in like a high stress, high achieving environment, um, because there are standards that they have to live up to. There are things that they have to keep doing. Um, what's your like number one way of supporting them? I think the number one thing is to be kind to ourselves and to give ourselves a break that we're not perfect and that we actually are humans and we actually have all the spectrum of health-related illnesses that everyone else does on the planet. Uh, I think the easiest thing for uh, all of us to reach to is things like you know, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, it's more challenging uh, discussion when you start talking about maybe you need to see a family doctor and you need to think about whether or not medication might be something that might help you. Uh, so, yeah, uh, being kind to ourselves and being honest and talking to our peers and being real. Because I think, you know, yeah, and I think around here I talk a lot about bystander awareness and having each other's back. And some of that is about being honest with one another about what we're really thinking and feeling and then recognizing when someone's clearly not the person that you met on the first few weeks of medical school that, you know, they seem a little bit distracted, they seem burnt out, they seem like they come in late, they don't care as much, they're not participating in the things that they used to like, like, instead of ignoring that stuff, saying, like, are you okay? Or, I mean, because like I said, I'm, I'm so worried about suicidality and, and suicide is kind of the ultimate uh, endpoint that we're, we're, we're trying to avoid, but I think it is people being honest with each other and saying, are you okay? Rather than kind of noticing someone's not doing well, but not really knowing what to do, so 
not doing anything. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot easier when it's in the past year that you're doing Absolutely. Yeah. Um, on a brighter note, could you tell us like a success story that you've had with as many details as you are able to actually share? Uh, honestly, I've had so many success stories that it's, it's, uh, it's, I, I, I can't even imagine what the number is, but I just, I've had so many students who struggled with their mental health and now are amazing clinicians and the silver lining of your own personal health struggles, whatever they may be, they give you insights into that disease that no one else will have. And they do make you better people and better doctors down the road. You kind of have to get through that mess, especially when you're really unwell. But when I've seen, you know, students who've been hospitalized during medical school because of their mental health struggles, or they've taken long periods of time off, and they've come back and they've had the most amazing careers. And they're often the students who will contact me and say, like, if you have a student struggling, just put them into contact with me. And they're the ones who come back and you know, often they come back into roles like this because they They're the ones that know what's yeah, important they get it. and how important that is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, for someone, if you were to encounter someone that, like, say, is being really not understanding to a student that had mental health concerns, how would you approach them to try and communicate? Like, the support that we're giving is important and how we, like, you know, communicate and be kind to these people is important. How do you, like, try to help other people understand that? That's a tough one, because I, I know that there are individuals who absolutely believe that mental health is a choice, mm -hmm. and they absolutely don't believe in medical management. And to me, it's it's similar to approaching parents who don't believe in immunization. You know, you, you try the best you can, but sometimes rational arguments don't work. And so, yeah, you, you do the best you can, and you try and give messages where you can, but sometimes you're never going to change the opinion of those, of those people. Any suggestions to how we as medical students can do regularly to help dismantle some of these prejudices against mental health? I think just being honest and open about all of our, our mental health struggles. I mean, we all have them at some point in our lives. We've, we're all, if we haven't been already, are going to be burnt out at some point. Uh, you know, anxiety and depression are just common uh, amongst us as medical professionals. And I just think, I think the conversation is important. If I was a student sitting here struggling with mental illness, um, but like too afraid to say something about it, we kind of talked about this already, and you were my colleague in class, and you like knew that I was going through something, what would you, what would you have to say to me in this moment? Well, I think it's just like we talked about before, just checking in and saying, are you okay? And I am here to talk, and reminding them that there's other resources, which they may or may not be ready to accept, yeah, accept at this yeah. time, but just to make sure that you keep checking in and saying, and, and they know that you, you care. And I think as that trust and that relationship is built up, I think that's one of the... Build a rapport. Absolutely, and yeah. I think that that's probably the most important intervention that we, we have, is you know our, our peers and our colleagues and, and looking after each other. Yeah, the relationships are the most important piece of it all. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So that kind of like wraps up all the questions that we have for you. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to say in closing? Just that mental health struggles are super common. And I think all of us are going to encounter them at one time or another. And to be kind to yourself and reach out for help. And like I said, reaching out is a, a sign of strength. Absolutely. Great. Cool. Thank you so much for your insights today. You're welcome.
and that is a wrap. <laughs>